discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same, we are constant. God is constant, God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Hello, you are welcome to tonight's meeting. It's a blessing to be with you once again like this. Very soon, I'll be coming to you in person. Yes, in the next few uh, weeks, I think in two weeks' time, you see me in person on a Wednesday or on a Tuesday or on a Thursday with you physically. So we can have some more fellowship after the meetings. I'll hang around for another two hours for several meetings with you and to help you on a personal level. So watch out. I'm coming to a cinema near you. <laughs> it's a blessing. You're welcome once again to service. Let's start with a word of prayer and then we'll continue. Father, thank you for your blessings. We are grateful. We are thankful for this opportunity. Thank you that being as your word comes, we are blessed. We see and experience your power in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for an encounter with your word today. Thank you for your blessings that are resting upon us as we hear your word. We receive your word with meekness and with gladness, with joy and excitement, even in Jesus' mighty name. It comes to instruct us, to lead us, and to take us where we have designed for us to go. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So I'm still sharing on the work of a shepherd. This is part three of the work of a shepherd. Hallelujah. A shepherd is important. I mean, shepherding is very, very important to the Lord. Um, shepherding is um, a very high opportunity that God gives you. I mean, if you want to experience God in a certain, on a high level, you need to become a shepherd. You see, you need to become a shepherd. It's, and it's all over in the scriptures. It's all over in the scriptures. God expects all of us to grow and mature to become shepherds of others, to take care of his flock. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus is building one thing and that thing is, is his church. He didn't say, I will build, I will build a, a, a school, I will build a university. He didn't say, I will build what? Hospitals. He didn't say, I will build roads. He didn't say, I mean, you could have said, I will build my road and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But that was not what he said. He said, I will build it. I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That is why I spend time talking about it. I spend time on the church. I spend my mind, my, intel my intelligence, my strength, my money, my time on the church because that's what Jesus is building. You better swim with the tide and not against the tide. If you swim against the tide, you will have a problem. But if you swim with the tide, the tide will carry you on. If you read in Songs of Solomon, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 7, you see something very interesting there. Psalms of Solomon 1, 7, and then 8. It says, tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth. You know, if Songs of Songs is a discourse between two people, Solomon and the Shulamite, the Shulamite woman. Okay? The, the Shulamite is actually female for Solomon. 
you see, for the name Solomon, amazingly. And uh, Solomon just found her by the roadside and fell in love with her, took her and made her something. You know, Solomon represents Christ. Um, Solomon is a, is, is a typology of Christ. If you read your Bible, you see it. God gave Solomon a name which he was not called by. He gave him a name, Jedidiah. Jedidiah means the beloved son of God. The one in whom God delights. And that is Jesus' name. Do you see? Uh-huh. So Solomon uh, is a type of Christ. And the Shunammite or the Shulamite woman is a type of the church. Do you see? So in this particular verse, the woman is talking to Solomon and asking for something very important. So she says, tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where thou feedest. Tell me where you feed, where you make your flock to rest at noon. For why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions? So the woman is asking for a number of things. The Shunammite woman is asking for a number of things. Or the church is asking for a number of things from Christ. Okay? He says, tell me, who thou, O thou, whom my soul loveth. Number one, where thou feelest. Number two, where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon. So she was looking for the place where she was looking for food and for rest in her life. I mean, these are two very important things that everybody requires. You see, you need, you need food, supply, provision for your life. Don't you need provision for your life? Everybody needs provision for their life. Everybody needs provision for, in every aspect of their life, provision includes shelter, um, where you, where, what, you, what you eat, what you wear. All those things are part of provision. Do you see? Um, and provision in abundance. You don't want to have provision in abundance, not in, in, scarce, in, in scarcity. So she's requesting for provision and she's requesting for rest. Rest is also something that you need. Everybody needs. You can have provision and not have rest. You can be rich and not have rest. You can have all that you need and not have peace. So she's asking for these very two very important things from, his, from, from the husband, from, from Solomon, or from Christ. The church is requesting for all these things. There is this, whom, all thou whom my soul loveth. She's, she's looking for more love from, from the Lord. Okay? Then he says, so that I will not be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions. I don't want to lose my way. The third thing she was asking for was not to lose her way in her development or in her growth in the Lord. Okay? So she's looking for provision, she's looking for rest, and she's looking for not missing her way. Following the Lord till the end. Hallelujah. Some people get born again, they go, they get to a certain point and then they, they stop believing or they, they lose their way. But she, she's asking for a deeper relationship. You see, the flocks of thy companions. I want to have more companion with you. Have a deeper, I mean, she was just longing for something deeper with the Lord. Okay, now, the answer that Solomon gave is in the next verse. And that answer is the answer that God gives us or Christ is giving to us as the church. Okay? So Solomon started answering or started talking back to her. If thou know not, oh, thou fairest among women. So she, he starts answering and calls her fairest, thou, fairest among women. But the first thing that is an answer to helping you find provision for your life, finding rest for your life, and finding companion, getting more companionship with the Lord, 
is by knowing who you are in Christ. He calls him, O thou fairest among women. So your identity in Christ is very important. Without knowing your identity in Christ, you will not have provision. You will not have rest. And you will, you will lose your companionship or you will not have intimacy with the Lord. So he, he, he starts by helping her identify who she is. You are fairer. You are the fairest among all women. You must know what God has made you. You must know what you have become. Then he goes to another step. He says, go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock. Okay? Go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock. The footsteps of the flock is actually the church. Okay? The church is the footsteps of the flock. The flock of God is a church. And the footsteps of the, of, of the flock is the house of God, the things that happen in the house of God. So he's, he's lets, he lets him know, you are fairest among women, now go thy way, fought by the footsteps of the flock. Eh? In other words, be in the church. Find out what the church is. Find out your, what you can do in the church. Be in the house of God. Let your companions be in the house of God. Like, start, have friends in the house of God. Go thy way, fought by the footsteps of the flock. Then the next thing he tells her is that, and feed thy kids before, beside the shepherd's tents. Eh? Feed thy kids beside the shepherd's tents. So in the church, he says, you must get a shepherd's tent and start feeding your kids or start feeding your children by, beside the shepherd's tents. In other words, in the church, rise up to become a shepherd. Become a shepherd who feeds the kids. That's, these are the three ways that you can find. Is if you want to have intimacy with God, become a shepherd. That's what he's trying to tell you. You want to have intimacy with God, find out your identification in Christ, get to know what the church is, and get to um, becoming a shepherd. Rise up to become a shepherd in the house of God and feed somebody. Feed somebody. Feed the kids beside the shepherd's tent. Get a shepherd's tent and start taking care of some people. Become a shepherd over 10 people. Become a shepherd over 7 people. Become a shepherd over 8 people and start feeding them. When you feed them, you'll be fed yourself. When you feed them, you yourself will grow. You yourself become, you, you need to have intimacy with God. You will need to have more, more of the presence of God in order to be able to help the people of God. What that means is that it will inform your intimacy. You become intimate, more intimate with the Lord. That's what it means. Hallelujah. So, it's so important. Shepherding is a, is a major thing that the Lord um, recommends for all those who are interested in, in having provision, in having rest, and in having companionship or intimacy with him. The more of a shepherd you become, the greater of a shepherd you become, the more of these things you enjoy. So we can't, we can't ignore it. That is why God, God has asked us to... Um, talk about shepherding this year. It's a year of shepherding. It's a year of serving the Lord through shepherding. Very specific. It's not haphazard at all. We are, sh- we are becoming shepherds who feed others. That is why I'm teaching you the work of a shepherd. What does it mean? I taught you what it means to become a shepherd. I spoke about how that all are called to become shepherds. All of us. All are called. And all are chosen. Not some. All are called. All are chosen. And I'm showing you that we are we are we are called and chosen to become shepherds. And we are trying to help you find out what it means to do the work of a shepherd. And the very first thing I've, I've mentioned, which we are still on, is that a shepherd is primarily a sheep 
and hence gives birth. Must give birth. It is your first work. Your first work as a shepherd is to give birth to more sheep, is to multiply and have more sheep. And I mentioned that the first thing you do to, in order to be able to give birth as a shepherd or as a sheep is to conceive. You need messages on, and you, see, you can only conceive through the word of God. The word of God is a seed. Okay? In First Peter chapter 1, verse 23, Paul, uh, Peter mentions that he says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. We are born again by the incorruptible word of God, which is a seed, but of incorruptible seed. The seed is the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. If you read in Mark, Mark chapter 4, you see, uh, is it Mark 4, 14, I think, it mentions that the seed, the sower soweth the word. Do you see? Mark 4, 14, the sower soweth the word. The, the word of God is a seed that is sown. So when you receive the word of God concerning sowing, you receive, you become, you, you conceive concerning souls. You, you conceive souls when you receive the word of God concerning souls. How important it is. The agency of the matter. How, how you are the one who is called by God to, to bring forth souls. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I've spoken so much, I've said so many things about, about that already. So you conceive. After you've conceived, the next thing is to give birth. It's to labor. Isn't it? Yes, and that was what I was on. Okay, you must labor to see your children born. That was what I shared on Sunday. You must labor to see your children born. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, Paul said that my little children, for whom I of whom I travail in birth again unto Christ, they formed anew. You know, Paul had traveled in birth for the Galatian church to come, for all the human beings in the Galatian church to come into being. So you can travel in birth, you can give birth to people, you can give birth to sheep through travail. Okay, through travel, and travel has to do with prayer. It has to do with prayer. So I started talking about how you can, how, what to pray, or why we need to pray on Sunday. I spoke about how that all the, the everybody's the Lord's sheep. The whole field is, is for God. The whole field has been bought by, by the blood of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus. Do you see? All men, every man, woman, boy, child has been bought by the blood of Jesus. But Satan, who is the God of this world, is holding them captive and has blinded their minds. So I started showing you what to pray for, what we need to pray. Okay? They are lost. I spoke about how that, uh, I, spoke, I, I mentioned Luke chapter 15. How all, all the things that were said in Luke chapter 15 with respect to souls being won had to do with them being lost. If something is lost, it means that it was, it was owned by someone before. If I lose my phone... What it means is that I had it before and I've lost it. You can't lose something you never had. You see, you can't lose something you never had. God has always had them. And he lost them through the, the maneuvers of the devil. Okay? So they are for Jesus. They are not for someone else. So we must go for them. We must get them. We must bind the devil who is blinding their eyes. So I showed you many, many verses, many points. The first one with respect to what we should pray was to pray for the opening of their, of their, blind, of their blinded minds, to see, what the, to see the light of the glorious gospel. And I spoke a lot about that. Then the second thing I spoke about was that we have to pray and break the power of the prince of the air who have held them captive. We need to travel in prayer for these things to happen. Then the third thing I spoke about was to pray for the lost sheep to turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to, to God. 
And I spoke extensively about that one too. So today I'm, spoke, I'm speaking on the fourth thing we need to pray. Okay, so we are giving birth. We are conceiving. We are giving birth. We are traveling for the children to come. What are we traveling about? What are we praying about? What, what should be in our minds as we pray? These are the things, these are the four major things that must be in our minds as we pray. The fourth thing is that we must pray for laborers to be sent into the harvest because the harvest is ready. The harvest is ready. Okay, we must pray. The harvest has always been ready. Jesus said the harvest is ready. John chapter 4, verse 34. The harvest is ready. In other words, the people are, they are there. They are there. The captives are there. Let's go for them. So we must pray for laborers to be sent. Jesus said unto them, John chapter 4, verse 34. My meat or my food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. My food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Next verse. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. They are white already to harvest. Jesus said that the harvest is ready. The harvest truly is ready. Okay? The harvest is ready. There are plenty of people that are supposed to come to the Lord, and the harvest is ready. The problem is that the laborers are few. So I'm going to show you that verse. Okay? That is in John chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. Matthew 9, 36. Then we'll come back to this. But when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. So they were, they were, they, he was moved with compassion on the people because they didn't have a shepherd. They were like sheep who didn't have a shepherd. So a shepherd is important. So Jesus tells the disciples, look at the next verse 37. Then said the unto disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. If you're a disciple of the Lord, you must know that the harvest truly is plenteous. But the laborers are few. The problem is that the laborers are few. Those who are supposed to go out are few. Those who are responding to going out are few. That is why I'm talking to you, so that you start going out. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Verse 38. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Pray the Lord of the harvest. So we have to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. Laborers must be sent to your uncle who is not born again. You may talk to the person, you may talk to him and he will not mind you. But the laborer, someone who is, who, who is sent from God to him, will talk to him and he will, be, he, will be, he will become fine. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So it is a major prayer. In fact, this is the prayer to pray for laborers to be sent forth. Why? Because the harvest is ready. The harvest is ready. The people are ready. They are there. So when we pray, we, we, we take the blindness off and we, 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 we pray for the light to come and all of, those, all of those things. Someone must go to talk to them. Someone must go to talk to them. That is the end of the prayer. The prayer ends with someone going to reap the harvest because the harvest is ready. Go back to um, John chapter 4. We were in verse 35, I think. Say, say not he that, that there are four... They are yet four months and then come at harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the field. See, they are already, they are white already to harvest. Next verse, verse 36. Then it says, and he that reapeth receiveth wages. If you reap, you receive wages. If you reap, you receive wages. What are the wages? Rest, provision, companionship, more abundance, multiplication for you. Yes, he that reapeth receiveth wages. If you reap the harvest, you receive wages. And gathereth fruit unto life eternal. Your, your wages does not end only here on earth. It ends in heaven. 
you receive wages, you receive life eternal in heaven. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. The one who sows is the one who prayed. Yes, the praying is the sowing of the seeds. We are giving birth. The giving birth is the, sow- is the sowing of the seeds. The one who goes out there to reap is the one who goes to is the one who re- receives the wages. Both of them receive the wages. Look at verse thirty-seven. And hearing is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. Verse thirty-eight. I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored that you may, and you entered into their labors. Next verse. As me, then he says, as many of the Samaritans blah, 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 came to, to come and come and whatever, come and be with the, in a meeting with Jesus. But the main thing I want you to see is this, that we must pray for laborers to be sent forth, for Christians. The Christians are the laborers, they are, but they are not going, just like some of you are not going. So we must pray that you start going. Yes, we must pray that. You, so after you have prayed yourself, you have to start going. That, that's the next point, to give him birth. The conclusion of the giving birth, okay, is that after you have prayed, you now have to move. You have to move. You have to move. So, namas, 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 the, 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 the third thing in, involved in giving birth, in producing children, okay, as a, as a shepherd, the work of a shepherd with respect to giving birth starts with conceiving and ends with going. It starts with conceiving and ends with going. If you don't go, you never have any child. You can pray till you die. But after you have prayed, go out. When you go out there, you receive your children. Going out there is doing the practicals. Okay? The power of God must never be handled without the wisdom of God. The power of God must always be handled with wisdom. Christ is both the power of God and the wisdom of God. So the power of God is expressed through prayer. And the wisdom of God is expressed through action, through what God says to do. He says that we must go out to do, to harvest, to reap, to bring many in. So after we have prayed, we must go out. If we don't go out, we won't be able to go to the prison and bring out the prisoners that the devil has held, those whom the devil has held captive, out literally. That shatter boy and shatter girl and all those guys, all those wild people around, will never come to, to the church if we don't go out to bring them to the church. We must go out and bring them into the church. We must go out and invite them literally to come. So the giving birth starts, your children will not come as a shepherd if you don't start praying. And if you don't end your prayer by going out. The last prayer I pray is that laborers will be sent. And then you become a laborer yourself. So number C, the third thing with respect to giving birth. The first one is what? Conception. The second one is labor. Traveling, traveling in prayer, isn't it? And, and, and the third one is going out practically. Become a laborer yourself. Become a laborer yourself. Become a laborer. Go out there and get your children. Go out there and get your children. Go out there and get your children. And that's what I showed you in John chapter 4, verse 34. That the harvest is, is plenteous. It is plenteous. It is plenteous. The harvest is ready. We must go. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. On the basis of the authority I have, go ye therefore. Go ye therefore. We must obey the heavenly vision. We must obey the heavenly vision. If you read in John, Acts chapter 26, verse 19. Look at Acts 26, verse 19. 
Acts 26, verse 19. Very nice scripture concerning um, Paul and his commission. What God said to Paul. Okay, maybe we should, we should read some more. Go up. Let's read from verse 16 so that it makes more sense. So Jesus met Paul and he fell off his horse. Okay, go to, go to 15. At midday, O king, I saw, in, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining around about me and them who journey with me. And when, this is from verse 13, and when we were all falling to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Verse 15. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. So Jesus met him and said, I am the one you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon thy feet. Paul had done many foolish things, but Jesus did not hold it against him. He forgave him and said, But rise, but rise and stand up upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people, Next verse, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send, now I send thee. So Jesus sent him. For what purpose? You see, just as he was sent, you have also been sent. You have also been sent. Jesus said in John chapter 20, verse 21, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. Jesus has sent you and me. So we must respond to his, his sending. Then said Jesus to them again, John 20, 21, peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Every child of God is sent. Every child of God is sent. If you are born again, the first thing that happens when you are born again is that God gives you an assignment. Immediately you are born again, God gives you an assignment. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. This is the new birth. All things are passed away. All things are become new. Then it says, and all things are of God. Who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ? He has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Let's read the message of this verse. As soon as you are reconciled, you are given the ministry of reconciliation. As soon as you are brought in, you are given the ministry of bringing others in. You see, message says, all this comes from God, from the God who settled the relationship between us and him. And then called us to settle our relationship with each other. This one is even a little misleading. Do you have any other verse? Uh, maybe um, sorry, amplified should should help us. Yeah, but all things are from God. Amplified, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to Himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with Himself. As soon as He did that, He gave and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with Him. Period. As soon as you get born again, He gives you an assignment: start bringing others to Me. Yes, so the, the wildest preachers are those who just got born again. When you get born again, you are the one who can win a soul right now. It's an amazing thing. Because the fire is fresh in you. You can win a soul right now, immediately. Yes, it's an amazing thing. It's a beautiful thing. We have an assignment of reconciling others. Everybody has a, that, that assignment. We've been given the, the assignment and the word of reconciliation. Hallelujah. So Paul was given, as soon as, can you imagine, Paul is being saved. This is the first time Paul is, is meeting the Lord. He falls off his horse. He sees the bright light. Jesus says, rise. I forgive you. Rise up. And I'm sending you. 
Immediately you got born again. I'm sending you. Right then, then. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. I'm sending you. I'm, immediately you get born. I'm sending you now. So you are sent, brother. Sent. You are sent, sister. Sent. Yes. And you have, to, you have to magnify your office. You have to boast in your office. You were sent one. God has sent you. You have authority from the Father. You are going to change lives. I'm anointed to change lives. I'm anointed to bring many to the Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus. The Holy Ghost is inside me. I have the word of reconciliation. I have the ministry of reconciliation. I'm a soul winner. I have the life of God in me. And I'm a soul winner. I'm anointed of God. And I'm a soul winner. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That is who you have become. You are a soul winner. You are a soul winner. A mighty soul winner. When you step out there to win souls. All the souls that are hidden in the corners will start coming to you. And one word from you. You know, when it comes to these things, you don't even know what you say. What you, you don't even know what you say. But as, as, just as you talk, something happens. Jesus said to them, open up your mouth wide and I'll fill it. He says, when you, when you, when you start talking to people, don't think about what you will say. Just start talking. Your, the, the spirit of your father who is in you will start talking through you. That's in Matthew chapter 10. The spirit of your father in you will start talking. So as soon as you open your mouth, you see, because the number one witness, the number one soul winner is the Holy Spirit. And he's hidden in us. He's in us. He's waiting for us to talk. When we start talking, he starts talking. It's an amazing thing. Show us Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10 verse, let's read from verse 19 into verse 20. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak. For it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. Like when you stand before somebody, when you stand before the people, okay? You, you don't think about what you will say. He says, in the same hour it shall be given to you what you shall speak. Next verse. For it is not you that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. The spirit of your father speaketh in you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the number one testifier. He's the number one witness of Christ. He's the number one witness. And he's always, he's been waiting. He's inside you, waiting to come out to talk to somebody. When you open up your mouth to talk to somebody, he starts talking. It's an amazing thing. So become a laborer. Leave the shyness. Throw away the shyness. Do you see? Don't be ashamed of the gospel. I'm going to talk about this in some few seconds. Go to John chapter, um, chapter 15, verse 26. John 15, 26. But when the comforter is come, He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, you see, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. That's the first thing he does. He shall testify of me. He shall give witness of me. That's the, that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit, to witness concerning Jesus. So he's a primary witness. We are all secondary witnesses. But if the secondary witness does not talk, the primary witness cannot talk. He uses your mouth. As you open your mouth, he starts talking. And you'll be shocked at what will come out of your mouth. And you'll be shocked that the person you are talking to will say, I want to give my life to Christ. You really know what you will say. Don't worry about what you say. It is the last thing you should think about. What am I going to say? Don't worry. Just go. In that same hour, in that same minute, in that same second, the Holy Spirit will speak through you. And you'll change someone's life. Yes. So we are sent of God. We shouldn't disobey the heavenly, the heavenly vision. Paul said, go back to that place. Acts chapter 20, verse 17. So I send you now. Go to the next verse, 18. I'm sending you to open their eyes. You are the one who opened their eyes. We prayed for their eyes to open. But the one to physically go and open their eyes is you. Wow. 
Yes, you are the one to do it. We are the ones to do it. So God has sent us to open their eyes and sent us to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto the power of God so that they will receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith. That is in Jesus Christ. So we are the ones to do it literally. Yes, I'm anointed for it. You are anointed for it. The Holy Ghost is in you for that. He says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. He comes into you for that purpose, to make you a witness. The Holy Spirit does not come into you to primarily, to let you just speak in tongues. No, that is not the primary reason. He comes into you so that you become a witness, a testifier, a witness, a proof producer. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. This is Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem. All preachers, all those who become so winners are the ones who end up, end up traveling around the world. So winning will let you travel all around the world. It says, you shall be witnesses unto me. You shall be a soul winner unto me. Both in Jerusalem, that is your immediate environment. And in Judea, that is in your whole country. And in Samaria, that is the next country. And then the uttermost part of there, that is all over the world. So if you want to travel all over the world, the secret to traveling all over the world is to become a justifier. Become a witness. Become a soul winner. I'm a soul winner. I'll travel all around the world. Preaching the gospel. Changing lives all around the world. Yes. What is the use of going to see, go to another country to go and see a mountain and come back? How does that benefit you? But when you go to that country, you see the mountain. After that, after you have seen the mountain, you preach to somebody. You win a soul. You establish somebody in the house of God. That is real living. That is real living. Hallelujah. Go back to Acts chapter 26. Now verse 19. So he was given, God gave him this assignment, which is an assignment given to us as well. And Paul says, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. We shouldn't be disobedient to the heavenly vision. After we have prayed, we must go out and do what God wants us to do. Whereunto, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. But showed, next verse, verse 20, but showed first unto them of Damascus. So his immediate environment. I showed first unto them at Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the cities of the coast of all the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. I was not disobedient. I moved. I moved into action. I moved into action. I started moving. I started doing something. Start moving. Start doing something. Go out there. Talk to somebody. Share the gospel with somebody. You are anointed for it. If we keep quiet, they will not hear. If we keep quiet, they will not hear. Romans chapter 10, verse, look at Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Whosoever call upon the names of, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they hear without a preacher? There must be a preacher for them to hear so that they may believe and so that they may be saved. Who is the preacher? You are the preacher. I'm a preacher. I'm sent of God. I'm anointed and sent of God. The throne of God is backing you, I tell you. The whole of heaven is backing you. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Look at Matthew 28, um, verse 18, rather. Matthew 28 from verse 18, all the way to verse 20. You are sent of God. You must go with confidence, knowing who has sent you. The greater one has sent you. The creator of the heavens and the earth is the one who has sent you. I'm sent of God. Yes, I'm sent of God. I have a mandate from heaven. I have a commission from heaven to change lives, to win souls, 
to take them away from the power of the devil to the power of God. Yes. Can you imagine? You, have, you are so anointed, I tell you. Yes, you are so anointed for this. You were born and raised for this. Yes, you were born and raised. You were born for this. This was what you were born for. You are not born for any other thing. This was you are born to, to, to change lives. You are born to save souls. You are born to raise them. You are born to shepherd them. That was what you were born for. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Every power in heaven, angels are backing you. No demon can be against you. Every power on earth has been given to Jesus. Then he says, On the basis of the authority that I have, that has been given to me, go. Go ye therefore. Because I have authority, on the basis of that authority, go. It's like a policeman being sent out of the, the, the uh, um, police school barracks outside to go and do police work. Yes, you have the shirt of a police, a policeman. If you lift your hand at a, a bulldozer to stop, it will stop. Yes. You, are, you have the license to catch all the thieves. All the illegal guys. You have the, you have the right to catch everybody. So when you get to a place, you say, all devils out. And all the devils are going out. Why? Because you have authority from God. You have authority from God. You have authority to cast out devils. You have authority from God to stop the maneuvers of the devil. And release all those who are captives. You have authority from God. So Jesus says, I've given you all authority. Go ye therefore and teach. You have a right to teach all nations. All nations. All nations. You are teaching all nations. Do you see? Teach all nations. How can you teach them? You must, you must go. You must be there physically. If you are not there physically, you can't teach them. So don't be disobedient to the heavenly, the heavenly vision. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. You have a right to baptize. It's for everybody. It's not for pastors only. It's for everybody. Yes. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. That means that you have to keep them. You can't teach all that Jesus has taught in one meeting. What it means, this, this means shepherding, gathering, making them stay, planting of churches, starting churches, making things work, making them stay. You have authority to say, you are staying, and they will stay. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. He says, I am, I am with you as you go. I am with you always, all the time. All the time he's with you. If you want to know whether God is with you, become a soul winner. Start doing what God has sent you to do. You will know his presence. You'll be surprised that it's on the soul. As you are winning souls, your prophetic gift starts coming. The healing power of God starts showing forth in your life. The first time I prophesied was, 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 was during a soul winning attempt. The first time I prayed for someone to be healed was during a soul winning attempt. Yes. I went, the person was not wide, laid hands, the person recovered quickly. Yes. That is where the giftings of the Lord, it is on the field. That is, when all those, that is where all those things are, are, are showed up. It doesn't show in the, in, the, in the house of God. We are all lights. You can't shine in, the, in, the, in, the, in light. When there's light everywhere, you can't shine. What are you shining for? Nobody needs a light. But the light shines brightest in darkness. So when you go out there and you share with somebody, in, at your workplace, in your school, in your class, when you rise up to share the word of God with somebody, it will make a difference. It will change someone's life. It will, you must shine bright. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 16, verse 19. Be bold about Jesus. Hmm? Mark 16, 19. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And what did they do? They, when he told them, go forth and go and preach and teach. 
They obeyed it. They did not disobey it. Sitting down is disobeying. Not moving is disobeying the, the heavenly vision. So when the Lord has been received up and sat up in heaven, they went forth and preached everywhere. Brothers and sisters, we must go forth and preach everywhere. We must preach, for, we must preach everywhere in this city. We must preach in every place we find ourselves. They went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word of science following. Amen. Amen. They went forth and preached everywhere. We are going forth and preaching everywhere. Yes, as a shepherd, you preach everywhere. Be instant in season and out of season. You preach whether you feel like it or you don't feel like it. I don't feel like preaching, but I'm preaching. Yes, I don't feel like teaching, but I'm teaching the word of God. I'm preaching the word to you so that you can be encouraged. A feeling is just a feeling. You don't need to fulfill all feelings. Feelings are, is nothing. Feeling is, is, is like a, like a, a bears that, that are jumping around, flying around. I mean, the fact that the bed is flying around does not mean that the bed has to make a nest on your head. No, it doesn't have to stay with you. Hallelujah. So become bold about Jesus. I see you becoming bold about Jesus. You see, don't feel bad when you, when you are preaching the word of God. Don't feel bad when you are going out to win a soul. You see, people want us to feel bad. The world wants us to feel bad for talking about Jesus Christ. Why should we feel bad? What are we doing? Is it a bad thing to talk about Jesus? It's not a bad thing to talk about Jesus. What hasn't alcohol done to people? Alcohol, has, alcohol is the number one cause of road accidents. Alcohol. Alcohol. Ethanol. <laughs> eh? It's the number one cause of accidents. Yet you will see. It's the number one cause of broken relationships. It's the number one cause of killing. It kills people. People have liver problems and all of that. Alcohol. But you see adverts. Bold adverts on TV. Bold adverts. Guinness the power. Johnny Walker, keep walking. Bifita. This one. I mean, so many things. I don't go for me call. Father, Father. <laughs> all kinds of things. Alcohol is being, it's all over. They are doing adverts without feeling shy. Why should we talk about Jesus Christ? What is wrong? What is wrong with talk about, talking about Jesus Christ? How, how is that wrong? So Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you not to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Don't be ashamed of it. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Without it, salvation will not come. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. People are not afraid to talk about sex. And to buy condoms and do all kinds of things around. And to kiss in the corners. And to be smooching people in places. And do all kinds of things. Why should you be ashamed of Jesus Christ? Why should you be shy of talking about Jesus Christ? If they are not ashamed to wear bikinis and move around in the system. Why should you be ashamed of Jesus Christ? See, I refuse to be ashamed of Jesus Christ. I refuse to be ashamed of preaching the gospel. You are not doing anything bad. You are not doing anything bad. You are doing something good. Without salvation, without preaching the gospel, nobody will be saved. Everybody will go to hell if you don't talk. If you are quiet, it means that all of them are going to go to hell. So you are not doing anything bad. Don't be ashamed. Become bold. Become bold. The Holy Ghost is in you. He's a spirit of boldness. He's a spirit of confidence. He gives you boldness. Peter was a timid guy before he received the Holy Ghost. When he received the day, you see, he was afraid of dying. When Jesus said, 
I'm going to the cross. He said, I'm, I'm going to go with you. But when the time came for him to show working, when the time came for him to show working, he couldn't show working. He ran away and betrayed Jesus. He said, he denied Jesus with, with swearing. Swearing his father's canton, swearing heaven and hell, and hell and swearing everywhere. I've never seen this man before in my life. Jesus' eye caught his eye and he started crying. Jesus, I've, I've never seen him in my life. He was afraid of identifying with Jesus. Why? Because he didn't have the Holy Spirit. But when he received the Holy Spirit, in Acts chapter 1, when he received the, when, Acts chapter 2, when he received the Holy Ghost, that same timid Peter was turned into another man. He became confident Peter. He became bold Peter and stood and spoke for 3,000 people to give, their, to give their lives to Christ in one meeting. Yes. He stood and spoke to the people, the same people he was afraid of. Some months ago, some weeks ago, he was afraid of the people, the same people who killed Jesus were the same people who were gathered in Acts chapter 4. If you read in Acts chapter 4 from verse, from verse 1, you see it. Okay, let's look at it. And as they spoke unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. Next verse. Go down to where they arrested them. When they arrested them, they had a meeting. Peter and John were arrested and there was a meeting. And the people in the meeting were the same people who killed Jesus. The same people Peter was afraid of some months ago because he had, he had not received the Holy Ghost. Okay? He stood before them after some time and spoke. So this verse 4, Acts chapter 4, verse, verse 6. Sorry, not verse 4, verse 6. And Anas the high priest, this is the, this is the same Anas and Caiaphas who crucified Jesus. Same group, not another group, same group. And Anas and the, the, high, priest, Anas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as of, were the, of the king of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. Verse 7. And when they had searched them in the mess, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Peter and John had healed the man who was impotent in his feet and the man was walking and they were asking them questions about who they, what, they, what they had done. Who do you mean? What do you mean? Verse 8 says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, I see you being filled with the Holy Ghost as you are listening to this message. Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel. Same Peter, talking to these same guys whom he was afraid of some few months ago. He was filled with the Holy Ghost and he spoke to them. Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel. Next verse. If with this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the same man he was afraid of identifying with, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. Can you imagine? He told them, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. Verse 11. This is the stone which was set at not of you builders. Boldness. Confidence. Which has become the head of the corner. Next verse, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Same Peter. Timid Peter. Now confident Peter. Why? Because of the Holy Ghost in his life. The Holy Ghost is in your life. Before you step out, you speak in tongues. Spend some 10 minutes. Just step up yourself. I'm sent of God. I'm called of God. Ah, I'm bold. I speak to many. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I speak with confidence as, a, as, as bold as a lion. I'm as bold as a lion. I change many lives. The devil cannot prevent me from speaking. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And then you step out. You'll be surprised at the results you produce. Yes. Yes. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of Jesus Christ. If they are not ashamed of portraying 
and advertising sex and alcohol and we and homosexuality and all of all of that if they are not afraid and they are not ashamed to talk about those things we shouldn't be afraid and ashamed of talking about jesus we have not done anything wrong by talking about jesus we've not done anything wrong by talking about jesus you've not done anything wrong you've not done anything wrong you are doing the right thing so be bold be confident and speak the word of god change your life change your life yes change your life be forceful be forceful Jesus said that on, from John the Baptist, from the time of John the Baptist to now, the king of God suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. Be violent about it. Be violent about your preaching. Be violent about your teaching. Be violent about your ministry. Yes. It's called biazo. Eh? Biazo. Being forceful. Being forceful. Do you see? Yes. No shame. Become shameless. Anadea. Become shameless. Yes. And Anakazo. Compel many to come in. Compel, force many to come in. On Sunday, I'll talk about Anakazu a little before I continue. Compel many to come on, to come in to the glory of God. Hallelujah. I'm sent of God. I'm commissioned of Him. I have authority from Him to change lives. The Holy Ghost is in me. He will speak through me. I'm not afraid. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm, I'm sent of God. And I'll change many lives. Even in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you so much for joining me. Father, I pray for your children. Thank you for confidence, for your power. Thank you that even as we are, we, are, we are working for you as shepherds, we do this primary work of giving birth to many. Thank you that this year, all of us will give birth to many children in your kingdom. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you that each of us will be handling 10, 5, 20, 50, 100, 1,000. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We'll be handling many to your glory. Even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I love you very much. God bless you for joining me. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.